Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to Season 2 of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Y'all, it's officially the holiday season. Can you believe we have less than 25 days until Christmas? Well, this Christmas season may look and sound different than any other Christmas before, but it's still a time of joy and excitement. COVID or not, our house would be teeming with excitement, with the smells of gingerbread, and with tons of family activities. But the hustle and bustle of December also makes it harder to complete lessons and to stay on task. During the month of December, math and writing lessons tend to get pushed to the bottom of the we'll get to that tomorrow pile. And we know how often we attack that pile. Unfortunately, homeschooling moms like myself also carry a twinge of guilt in December. As Christmas gets closer and closer, less and less schoolwork gets accomplished. And if you're type A like me, you can probably relate. December always brings a different kind of stress for me. Our family never seems to have enough time to get our schoolwork done. There's so many fun field trips to go on, so many friends and family in town to visit, so many cookies to bake, and so many presents to make and wrap. We either skip school lessons to enjoy the season, or I stress out trying to do everything. So, one crazy holiday season, I was stressing over what needed to be done. Then God gently reminded me of the main reason we chose to homeschool. We homeschool because of the freedom and flexibility to learn about Jesus as a family. Is not the Advent season and Christmas time a perfect time to focus on Jesus and God's greatest gift to mankind? So one year out of desperation, we decided to take off the entire month of December. Yep, the entire month. I know traditional schools maybe get two weeks of vacation tops, but we decided our family would take some much-needed time off and spend our time making memories and spreading some Christmas cheer. But being type A, I still felt guilty about not doing school for a whole month. So I turned our Christmas traditions and holiday errands into part of our school day. In this week's and next week's podcast, I want to share the blessing of taking a Sabbath month or a month off of formal school lessons to enjoy the holiday season and to share how to use what you're already doing this month for quote unquote school time. So first, let's talk about the blessing of extended family read-aloud times during a Sabbath month. In December, the one thing we didn't skimp on was family read-aloud time. Since we didn't have official lessons to do, we actually had more time to read great books while sitting around in our PJs. Some of our favorite Christmas chapter books were The Best Christmas Pageant Ever by Robinson. We loved A Little House Christmas by Laura Ingle Wilder. And I love A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. 
We also spent many hours reading classic picture books such as The Polar Express, The Night Before Christmas, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Each year, I always added a picture book too that told the true meaning of Christmas. We also had two favorite Advent traditions. When my first child was born, my mom gave me this adorable Advent calendar that was made up of tiny little books. Each day of the Advent calendar was a miniature book, and in each little book, the story of Jesus' birth was told. Day one begins with an angel coming to Mary. The second book continues the story using actual scripture from the gospel accounts of Jesus' birth. Each little book also had a golden string attached to it, so each miniature book was also a tiny ornament. We have this little dwarf artificial tree that we put out each year, so it became our Advent tree. At breakfast, as part of our family devotions, we would retrieve a book from our Advent calendar in numerical order. We would read the little book, we'd talk about it, we'd pray, and then we'd hang it on our Advent tree. This sweet little storybook advent calendar is called The Story of Christmas Book Set and Advent Calendar by Kroll. Check out my website, coffeewithcarry.org. I will have links to this advent calendar and all the other resources I'll mention in this podcast. Another favorite Christmas tradition was our 24-book advent calendar. Every year, I invested in a few new picture books that told the story of Christmas. Some were silly and fun, Some told the biblical story in a new and different way. Some of our favorites were Humphrey's First Christmas and The Legend of the Poncetta. First, I would wrap each of the Christmas books, and then on the gift tag, I would write the numbers 1 through 24. And then I would place all the wrapped books in a basket, and every night during the month of December, the kids picked one book to read aloud at bedtime. They would unwrap the book, and then we would read it. On Christmas Eve, we always finished by reading the Christmas story from one of the Gospels. You're a homeschooling mom, so you probably have tons of Christmas books already on your shelves. Over the years, I've built up quite a collection of Christmas and Nativity picture books. This is sure to become a family favorite tradition if you start it. Another simple way to incorporate reading into your Christmas traditions is to sing your way through reading. We love Christmas music, and the traditional carols are my favorite. We start listening to Christmas music the day after Thanksgiving, and it's on nonstop until Christmas morning. When the kids were little and learning to read, I would focus on a Christmas carol a week. I would write the words to the verses and the refrain on a large poster board or on our chalkboard wall. As we would sing the song, we would follow the written words. Then I would make playing cards out of the words with inexpensive index cards. I would write one word from the refrain on each card. If the word was a sight word, I wrote it on a green or a red index card. This way it stood out and they knew right away that they weren't going to be able to sound that word out. I wrote all the other words from the Christmas Carol on the white index cards. I also let them decorate the cards with stickers, or if the word could be illustrated, they would draw a picture on it for hints. Like if the word was bells, they could draw bells on the card. Then we played different games with the index cards. We'd mix them all up and then arrange them in order. Then we would sing the refrain and make sure the words matched. I always made two sets of each word cards, so both my daughter and son had their own set. 
And since we had double the cards, we could play games like Go Fish or Memory with the word cards. If they were playing Go Fish with the words, say, from Silent Night, they would each get five word cards, and the rest were spread out face down between them, just like in Go Fish. My son would ask for the word the, or the word night. If my daughter had that word card in her hand, she gave it to Joe, he made a pair, and then he went again. Games played just like Go Fish. And we did the same thing with the game memory. They would arrange their word cards for, say, the song Deck the Halls, in maybe a 5 by 5 or 6 by 6 rectangle with the cards face down. They would take turns, turning over two cards at a time. If my daughter turned over two of the same words, like holly, she kept both cards as a pair and then went again. We played the game just like you would for memory or concentration. We even played Old Maid with our caroling word cards, except I added one index card with a picture of Santa on it. We called it Old St. Nick instead of Old Maid. We dealt all the cards out to each player, and we would take turns drawing a card from each other's hands. If the card was a match to a card in my hand, I made a pair and went again. The player who ended up with the old St. Nick card lost the game. We also loved reading about the stories behind each carol. My favorite book is the book called Christmas Carols for a Kid's Heart by Johnny Erickson Satata. It even comes with a devotion for each song. Between reading aloud and playing fun word games, there's no way your child will get behind during your Sabbath month. So what about writing and spelling? Can your kiddos really go a whole month without formal lessons? You betcha. During our December break, we had no problem finding writing activities to do. The kids helped me write and address our Christmas cards. They wrote Christmas notes to send to friends and then wrote thank you cards for gifts they received. They created our gift tags and place cards for Christmas Eve brunch. They copied favorite recipes to include with homemade gifts and favorite Bible verses to add to cards. They created shopping lists, to-do lists, grocery lists, guest lists, you name it. These were all just practical writing activities that they just did all month long anyway. Also, get your hands on some of the Christmas and holiday-themed Mad Libs. Put those in your morning basket and have fun learning and reviewing parts of speech each day. And go online and print up some of those free Christmas and holiday-themed word searches and crossword puzzles. Those are always a fun way to practice reading, writing, and spelling. And play categories with a Christmas theme. If you've never played categories, each player gets a list with different categories. Then a letter die is rolled to randomly select a letter of the alphabet to use. Each player then has three minutes to come up with things in each category that starts with that letter. So for example, maybe the categories are Christmas song, presents, baked good, Christmas characters. And let's say the letter rolled was an M. In three minutes, each player tries to think of words that start with the letter M for each category, and they write them down on their scorecard. So for the category Christmas song, I might write down Melikirikimaka. For baked goods category, I might write marshmallow treats. For Christmas character category, I might write Mary, Mother of Jesus, or Marley from the Christmas Carol. It's a super fun vocabulary game with a holiday twist. Go to coffeewithcarry.org for a few Christmas category templates that you can use. And you can also play Christmas bingo. This is a great way to practice simple reading skills. Go to myfreebingocard.com 
it lets you generate three different bingo cards with a particular theme. So you could create bingo cards about the nativity story with words like manger, Jesus, Bethlehem, wise man. Check out coffeewithcarry.org for the link. Use these free days to dust off all those word games that are on your shelves. Play Scrabble, Boggle, Bananagrams, Upwards, and Outburst. Use this sabbatical month for some creative writing activities, too. Write poems about Christmas and baby Jesus. Write stories using story starters such as The Best Christmas Ever or My Favorite Christmas Tradition Is. Today, brush writing and calligraphy are the new craze. With your older kids, learn how to write your favorite Bible verses using colorful markers or with the brush writing technique. Then make beautiful gifts and keepsakes. And don't feel guilty. There are always plenty of writing opportunities to do in December. And don't feel guilty about spending time baking either. After all, there's a fine art to baking, which is only made possible by science. From yeast rising to cookie batter ratios to spices and gingerbread, science experiments with chemical reactions, compounds, and mixtures are happening every time you bake another dozen cookies. And while you have your baking supplies and cooking ingredients out, do some experiments in the kitchen. Experiment with cranberries. Watch them pop when they're heated. See if they sink or float. Put craisins in carbonated drinks and see what happens. Dissolve candy canes in different liquid, liquids like vinegar, water, or borax. Make sugar crystals and then turn them into ornaments or use them for tea time. Do yeast experiments and see what happens when yeast reacts with water, heat, or sugar. And soak some sugar cubes in peppermint extract and then light them on fire. Watch the cool flame and enjoy the smell as they burn. During your Sabbath month, spend more time doing Christmas time nature studies. It's a perfect time of the year to be outdoors. This is another great way to sneak in some school while taking a much needed break during the month of December. There's nothing like fresh air and God's creation to help us slow down and recenter our focus this holiday season. When on a walk, play I Spy Ponsetta. Look for poncetia plants growing in the wild or on porch steps in your neighborhood. Get up close and notice the pattern of the leaves. Did you know the red flowers are actually the leaves of the plant and the flowers are the cute little yellow blossoms in the center? Draw them and then for fun, read the legend of the poncetta. Then observe and learn about evergreen trees as you go Christmas tree hunting. Go to a local tree lot or a Christmas tree farm. I'm almost positive, no matter where you live, you can find a variety of fir, spruce, or pine trees in your area. And when you find one, create a bark rubbing of the tree trunk. Every species of evergreens has a unique bark pattern and texture. Then observe the cluster of pine needles or evergreen branches. Bring home a cluster and place it in a glass bottle filled with water. It will enhance and magnify the needles so that you can draw them. And then for fun, read The Little Fir Tree by Margaret Weiss Brown. Go on a pine cone hunt. Try to collect as many different shapes and sizes as you can. Are the pine cones closed or open? Get up close and notice the pattern in the pine cone and then draw it. Research why some cones are closed and what makes them open up. Did you know pine cones are nature's way of preserving the seeds for future conifers? Pine cones only open when the temperature is just right for seed planting. If the air is too cold, 
The cone will stay closed to make sure it doesn't drop its seeds onto frozen or frosty soil. However, if the weather is warmer, the cone will open and will drop its seeds for spring planting. For fun, read The Pinecone Walk by Barbara Springfield. Do a little bird watching. Sit in your backyard or go to the local park. Observe the different birds that visit the trees and the shrubs. Take a picture of them so you can draw them when you get home. Are the feathered friends native to your area? Or are they probably visitors migrating during the winter? And depending on where you live, winter is the perfect time to learn about birds. For fun, read the heartwarming story, The Christmas Bird by Elizabeth Howell. Next time you're under a sprig of mistletoe, take it down and observe it. Draw its leaves and white berries if they're still attached. Research the tradition of mistletoe and the fact that mistletoe is actually a parasite. Oddly, one of the main reasons mistletoe is so prominent during the Christmas season is because it feeds on deciduous trees. When these trees shed their leaves in the fall, the mistletoe, which was snuggled in between the branches, becomes visible. For fun, read the cute little story, The Legend of Mistletoe and the Christmas Kittens. And if you live near snow, make sure you go on nature walks during or after a snowfall. Bring a magnifying glass and a pair of binoculars. After you create a few snow angels and build a snowman, check out the snow up close. Notice the little crystals. Pick something covered in snow to draw. The area may seem empty, but it isn't. Sit quietly and use your binoculars to spot animals in the tree, birds in the air, and critters poking out of the snow. It's also fun to look for tracks in the snow. You'll be amazed at the different prints you find. Check out ourjourneywestward.com for some great nature study units. The Nature Explorers Snow and Ice and No Sweat Nature Study Math and Nature are perfect for this time of the year. And then for fun, read the classic book Snowflake Bentley by Jacqueline Briggs. Don't forget to go outside at night and check out that night sky too. During the winter, you can spot constellations you normally don't see. Draw the night sky and the moon. Learn about the different constellations and uniqueness of the Star of Bethlehem. For fun, read Harold, The Story of the Christmas Star by Kathy Bourne. Finally, collect items as you walk. Use them to make beautiful centerpieces around the house and to make unique Christmas gifts for family and friends. It's a great way to bring God's beautiful creation indoors, so even on cold, rainy days, your children have something beautiful to observe and draw. Something we still do, even though the kids are much older, is we decorate one of our trees in the backyard, but we decorate it with food for the backyard animals. We string fresh cranberries and drape them through the bare branches on our myrtle tree. And we also make birdseed ornaments and hang them from the branches. Then we watch to see which birds and squirrels come to visit our tree and feast on our treats. And don't forget about skipping formal math lessons during your Sabbath month. It's okay, because your kids are doing tons of math, measurement, multiplication, addition, and fractions every time you bake a recipe or triple your famous pumpkin bread recipe. This is also a great time to dust off the math games on your shelf or play tons of math games with dice and cards. Check out my Instagram account at my IGTV series for math games. 
I have over a dozen fun and easy games you can play with just dice and cards during the holidays. And moms, please don't get bogged down with all of these activities. They're just suggestions to get your creative juices flowing. The idea is to help you see that what you're already doing during the month of December as you celebrate the Christmas season is already plenty enough. Your kiddos are still learning if you take a Sabbath break. Of course, don't forget to focus on the reason for the season. Even if you do not get to play any of these games or read any of these stories or do any of these activities, make sure you take the time to go caroling, to serve your neighbors, to spread the good news of Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection this holiday season. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. Make sure you join me next week for our Holiday Homeschooling Part 2. In our next episode, we'll focus on how to incorporate history, geography, and more cooking and arts and crafts into your holiday homeschooling. I promise your kids will have no idea they're actually doing school. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. You know, during this holiday season, may I humbly suggest that you buy a few copies of my new book and give them to some of your homeschooling friends this Christmas. Here at Coffee with Carrie, we think it would make a great gift for moms who just need some encouragement or who need a fresh new outlook for the new year. It's also a great gift for your homeschool co-op leaders or for some of the younger moms in your homeschooling group. Thanks for picking up a few extra copies this holiday season and giving them to your friends. If you heard something you liked today, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or share it with a friend who's homeschooling. And if you haven't already, we would love for you today to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to give us a five-star rating and leave a little review. In the podcast world, it's all about the algorithm. The more downloads, the more activities, ratings, reviews, and subscribers Coffee with Carrie has on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Music, the more our podcast is recommended by those servers to other listeners. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and now our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.